right, welcome to uh, another episode of An Inquiry into Freedom with your host, Ron and Allen. Today is um, Tuesday, the 31st of October. Happy Halloween. Uh, I haven't been with you in a few days, um, but we're back. And uh, lots been going on, Ron. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, nothing major other than you know two wars um, well you know i'm i'm so disconnected with the earth right now that uh i kind of someone asked me a question on the email or something today and i couldn't i'm like is nixon still the one <laughs> you know i'm like i just know know what's going on and i'm just in the fog from like the pain meds and being operated on and i just I know things are going crazy, like we've been predicting for a long time, and um, so I'll just try to keep up. Well, I mean, I, I don't have anything specific to talk about. I mean, you know, there's there's so many things that have happened, and uh, you know, nothing. Again, nothing really major. I mean, unless you consider um, our current clown in chief uh is still the president and he still keeps making huge mistakes uh foreign uh policy wise and domestically um i mean that's that's big news uh has been for over two and a half years uh, well I, I know that in in your view in my view that that statement's true what concerns me is there are a lot of folks running around who uh, don't agree with that uh, assessment at all. He's doing precisely what they want him to do. Yeah, He's, they're quite happy with him. So his approval rating is the lowest it's been, and it's 37%, which to me is very high, considering what he's done as the president of the United States. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, I... In my opinion, that should be in, in, you know, the low double digits and maybe even single digits. I, I don't understand where 37% of the people in this country think that he's done a good job in anything that he's done and anything he's put his hands on. Well, the uh, far and far left, as they used to be called, the Looney Tunes of our country. Yeah, but I don't know. Used, used to be thought of as a 25% bracket. 20 to 25 percent and it's very clear that if if that number is true and other numbers like it are true that number has gone up to the 30 to 35 to nearly 40 percent right well and i think that that's probably true because of the millennials and uh yeah you know that that generation is now man they are going to be in charge soon I mean, we have some of them already in our government. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, I complain about lifelong politicians. And, you know, sometimes older people need to go home. It's time for Joe to, to wrap things up and, you know, spend the rest of his days in a rocking chair or whatever he wants to do. Um, well, it's like everyone had the old dog and they would say, what happened to, to Ralphie? Well, we took him to the farm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we need to do with uh, with Joey the Clown. 
Just take them to the farm. I, I'll volunteer. I got nothing to do. Um, if I'm not allowed to drive yet, I'll find a driver. But, you know, I'll just take them to the farm. And let's just have someone else uh, fill in those, I don't know, shoes of this. Well, it did, I don't that? know if you heard, but I think it was the, the, the president of Hungary uh, was asked, what are the two things Joe Biden can do right now um, to help the, his country and the rest of the world? <laughs> you know what he said? First thing, first thing that that Joe Biden could do to make things better is immediately resign. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that he could do is put Trump back in uh, charge. Yeah. <laughs> and he said that on the world stage. I mean, that that's not like a, mm -hmm. you know, something that somebody overheard or whatever. He said it during a, yeah. you know, like an interview or something like that. I don't exactly remember. Yeah. Um, don't ever ask a straight shooter an honest opinion and, and expect an answer to be anything other than what you just got slapped in the face. With. Yeah, we I still mean, have people with courage around the world and, and yeah, that are damn few of them, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. That, that aren't afraid. They're not cowards and, and they're not afraid to say how they feel and, and to speak the truth. I mean, it may be their truth, but it's also a lot of other people's truth. Uh, and, and you mentioned, you know, 37%. Uh, I mean, it's not hard to, to pick those people out, and, and it's not hard to determine that that's probably accurate with, with what you're saying, and that these are the far-left mm -hmm. people. These are the people who are pushing the transgender and the woke, wokeness and, uh, you know, all of the, the, the craziness, and... and out uh, protesting Israel and threatening to kill Jews. You know, that's the far left. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and maybe that, that, that constitutes 37% of the people in this country. I mean, there's a lot of them. Yeah, who would have ever thought humanitarian aid would be suggesting to people to use sharpened shovels as they cut off the heads of babies. But I, I had mean, mentioned, but I had mentioned, you know, they, they never use the term babies in, unless it's politically expedient for them because they don't like babies to begin with. That's why well, they're, that's why they're for yeah. partial birth abortion and uh, abortion up to uh, the, the day of birth. But these babies were all born already. I mean, there's 30. But they're not against that. I just saw, let me see if I can find it. Uh, so, we, you know, the last time we talked, I had said, hopefully the next time we talk, we have a Speaker of the House, and we do. Um, yeah. So that happened. Uh, I don't think that, uh, you know, the, the left's narrative of, oh, my gosh, the country is in crisis because we don't have a Speaker of the House. The Speaker of the House is not that important. Yeah, we survived Nancy Pelosi from exactly. Yeah, years. exactly. Uh, so the new Speaker, I saw a clip of him. Um, 
What's his name? Johnson. Honestly, Mike, Mike, I was Mike Johnson. I was asleep on some gurney somewhere at the time. So I'm assuming he's a nice guy. Most of those people really are nice guys. I don't have a whole lot of respect for any of them. Nice men and women. I mean, even the ones I disagree with, most of them really are decent people. But you know, politically. I just hardly ever agree with them economically. I don't ever agree with hardly any of them. So, but I, uh, but I imagine he's a decent person to talk to. Kevin McCarthy was a decent person to talk to. Nothing against the man at all. Not a good speaker of the house. Who's that? Speak <laughs> McCarthy. Uh, no, and and we talked about that. You know when he was going through his 15, uh, his 15, um, tries at being the Speaker of the House. And, you know, they don't put in a provision that it's one and you're out for no reason. Um, there are some people that claim that McCarthy is one of the most conservative members in the Republican Party in the House, and and I don't see that. Mm -hmm. I see him as someone who goes in front of the television. He's very robotic. Uh, he he's when he tries to, when he speaks and he tries to uh, implement passion into what he's saying, he sounds fake. Yeah, he's just not a realistic person. Yeah. I'm sure he. Well, may welcome be. to the modern era. Well, yeah, yeah, to the modern Republican Party. Yeah, a lot of politicians are that way. Don't get me wrong; it's not just Kevin McCarthy. But I mean, you could say the same thing about Barack Obama. I, I, I saw Barack Obama as being very scripted and very robotic. Yeah. When he went off script, and when he went off the teleprompter, it was always uh uh uh, and he and he never really. Not so much in the sense that Joe Biden couldn't finish a sentence, but he he couldn't finish a sentence because no. he, he his mind. We always heard about how smart he was. Well, what's that based on? Is that based on book smarts? Is it based on common sense? Is it based on quick on his feet? Because I never saw him as someone who was quick on his feet because he'd always uh uh. uh and he'd start to yeah. say something, and then he'd go, uh, 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 because he's trying to think of what to say. Yeah. Well, exactly. He he uh, sounded smart. He always sounded like the smartest person in the room. But when he, he was reading what me. somebody he wrote never, for him. Yeah, well, precisely. Mm -hmm. But he never showed me any kind of native intelligence at all. No. Someone who you could, could just ask a random question with, um, you know, what do you think of this new Cubs second baseman? And yeah. give you three, four seconds of, you know, whatever. He didn't strike me as that guy. He struck me as someone who has to have everything scripted for him and thought out and that there had to be someone other than him approving what he had to say. Or maybe the someone other than him was him and he just wanted to never hit send on his message. And see, that's the problem. That's the politician that I want to stay far away from. Well, yeah, because I just looked at Obama as a very scripted, edited guy with no real 
native intelligence at all. Um, not a smart guy, not a dumb guy, just a, a blah guy. Yeah, mediocre like at best. Most, yeah. yeah, most of the last 50 years. Um, you know, just not outstanding at all. Um, but people are welcome to their own opinions, though. It just... You know, they're welcome to their own opinions about American Christians. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to get this video ready because I want you to listen to this. This is the this is the far left that you're talking about, I think. Um, when it comes to uh, the people, the 37 percent, and and it may be more. I mean, you've always broken it into thirds, and, and I always kind of thought, yeah, that's probably spot on. Mm -hmm. That's been accurate for a long time. Yeah, but changed. I think it's grown yeah. because of the millennials and now the generation after them, uh, mm -hmm. Gen Y or whatever the crap they're called. You know, these young people that are in the streets stomping on the flag of Israel. Well... And, and, they, and what, what they don't seem to realize is... is you can have the debate you can have the debate about Palestine and Israel and and two states the existence of two states but you have to in the same conversation you have to understand that Palestinians are not free people they they are dictated to by Hamas and then and then you have to get into the debate of well, Israel is on stolen land. <laughs> well, I hate to break it to you, but Israel was around before the Muslims even came into that territory. And, and basically the Palestinians um, were, are they, they're not Israeli, uh, well, Palestinians, are they Egyptian or? Well, Palestinians today are not the same Palestinians of. That's what I'm saying. Of the of the Bible or of yeah. even even 400 years ago under the Ottoman Empire. That's it. The Ottoman. But, you yeah. know. Yeah. 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 Because, in fact, there's no agreed upon boundary of what exactly consisted of. Palestine. It was always an area. It was basically, you know, Chiricahua Apache territory, and no one never knew those boundaries. The, the, the Apaches always looked at it like, uh, if we want that area today, that's ours. You know, there was no, there was no agreement with Spain on, you know, where uh, Spain's boundary in Mexico came up with uh, the Chiricahua. So. You know, borders like that are rather tedious around the world. And the, the bottom line is Palestinians of today really have no idea who they are. Uh, you know, maybe they've, if we gave the, all of us some sort of massive blood test or something, we would know who everyone is. But that was always the joke in Italy for a long time, was that people in, in Italy would say, oh, man, those Sicilians, they have, no, what I, they have no idea what they are. They've been invaded so many times. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is 
sure to an extent. Um, and people are there identify with cities more so than uh, Sicily. Um, but that's a slightly different part of the world, but also it, it was brought about by the same issues or same uh, effects as was going on in uh, Palestine. So no one has clean hands when it comes to Palestine and Palestinians, but people from people who want to claim they are Palestinian today need some way to prove it. You need to be able to prove uh, this is Palestine and I'm a Palestinian. I don't know that there's a way that's been created to do that effectively. And, and I'm not so sure that I care so much, but if you're gonna require Israelis to do the same because their land is stolen, well, you know, how about while we're doing the same thing, we, we track down the, the uh, Manhattan uh, tribe and give them back uh, Manhattan and New York. Just give it to them. Say, here it is. Sorry we screwed it up so bad. It's yours. Do with it whatever you want to. You know, nuke it if you want to. It's yours. Because we stole it from you. Okay, well, that's, what, that's basically what we've been doing. You know, is, is anything being made right? Well, not necessarily. So, you know, if there are people there who have legitimate rights, then they, they get to be heard out legitimate. The issues there have always been about the outsiders who say they're Palestinian, who say they are acting in the Palestinians' best interests, but they're really outsiders. They don't care about those people. And the people who have avoided the Israelis and the Palestinians from getting to know one another well and getting along well, are those outsiders. And I, I don't doubt that a lot of that has to do with Americans too, especially the folks from the Northeast in our country and the uh, people with the United Nations. They have done an especially good job because if you think about the dynamic that was left in place when Carter was finished with um, Sadat and uh, was it Hagen? Um, you know, they had a they had a, a peace agreed upon, an uneasy peace. And I know the guy who stepped in afterward for Carter, and I'm not going to say his name here, but. Um, he worked for a long time to continue those efforts uh, under much of the same vein as Carter. And he's how I know so much about the uh, Abraham Accords. Because some of the same things I've shared with you about the Abraham Accords, he used to use in his work. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to be able to work from a, re from a recognition that you're both living human beings who are related to one another, and you have a right to exist. And well, that's the, the argument, people, right? Yeah. Who are the people who don't allow that to happen? Is it the Israelis? No. No, because they gave Is up. The, they gave up land and said, "Here you go." Yeah. They, Is it they, the Palestinians? Uh, well, no, uh, not any Palestinians I know. I mean, 
they may be calling themselves Palestinians, but I don't think they're any of the people there that people are concerned with that, you know, that they're trying to get humanitarian aid to. Who, who the hell is representing those people, by the way? Because they're being represented by terrible folks. Yeah. Who Jews, not, they don't give a crap about those people. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt in the last 20 years, 30 years, they've all been killed. Yeah, because I'll be honest with you, as much as as we think that there there will ever be a peace deal between Palestine and Israel, it's probably not going to happen because Palestine wants Israel gone just as much as the Germans and Hitler did and just as much as Hamas does and and other countries in the Middle East. Um, well, I think you're it, probably right about that. Well, and, and unfortunately, I think I'm right. Um, but every time that, that there's been any kind of peace negotiations, Israel has been the one that has gone to the table and offered something up. It's never been the opposite way around. Uh, so Israel has, has done more than enough um, to show that Hey, we've tried the diplomatic way. We've tried, you know, we've given up uh, land, and 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 we've we've left them alone. They're the ones that instigate it all the time. And so, you could also make the argument, and I get it, that uh, you know the Palestinians aren't in charge. They're, they're being ruled with an iron fist from by Hamas. I mean, they don't even have elections there anymore, and they, they take all the money, and, you know, the, I saw something the other day where there's like 600 millionaires in, in Palestine. 600. Yeah. And, and they're taking the money, the aid money, and they're taking money from, you know, the, the people that live there. So, so these people who are, who are marching in the streets and... And people like uh, Rashida Tlaib and and all these other wackos, um, they they don't know what they're they're protesting and who they're who they're standing up for. Like you said, they they have no idea uh, because I don't think it's I don't think it's the Palest the, the Palestinians of old, like you were saying. And and thanks for bringing that up. I couldn't think of uh, what I, the the origination, which was the Ottoman Empire. Mm-hmm. But they're not the same. And so I ran, uh, I ran across this. Um, do you know who uh, Mossab Hassan Youssef is? Boy, that name sounds familiar. He's the no, son no. of one of the founding leaders of Hamas. Okay. He oh, was, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, and he I left. Do. Yeah. He left. He he was part of Hamas, but he was yeah. the son of one of the originating uh, leaders, one of the founders of Hamas. A man to be listened to. Huh? Uh, he's a man to be listened to. Yeah, and, and so um, he he left Hamas and became a spy for Israel. So, um, I found a, a short clip of the longer version, 
And uh, this is somebody that everybody should listen to because, you know, we have a tendency. It's like I had mentioned the last time we talked. We have a tendency to butt our nose into other people's business as if we know what's going on. Right. We're the experts. Uh, you know, our, our politicians are experts on Israel and Palestine because they, that's what they claim to be. But when you actually hear from somebody who is there, that's the one who you should be listening to. You know, it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris say our border is secure. But the entire Border Patrol and the head of Border Patrol says our border is not secure. So who are you going to yeah. believe? Somebody that's sitting in a uh, an oval office with air conditioning on and their feet up on the desk or or drooling on a on their bib and and can't talk or are you going to listen to the experts the actual experts who are on the ground who live it every day well chris ray i don't recall i i could easily be wrong about this but i don't think i am i, I don't recall him mentioning terrorists or foreign terrorist organizations like Hamas in any sort of uh, way of warning that they are any sort of a, of a threat to our country. Um, either, you know, from across the border or in any other way. He's been silent on them. For as long as I can remember, and yet all of a sudden I did hear something today on the radio or something. I think it was the radio because my TV doesn't work. Um, that all of a sudden he's saying that they're a they're a major threat and and will be will be increasing to be an even bigger threat over the next year. You think? I mean. When you let when Did you, you let that? an estimated seven million people into this country, yeah, that we that we think is the number, but then but it's funny you brought that up because when you ask them what about people from uh, the Middle East who have come into this country and other places that were on a terrorist watch list or who were a person of interest, what about them people? Well, we've stopped 138 of them. And that's where they leave it. They don't ever continue on to say, well, you know, we have to take into consideration that are at least 500,000 gotaways. And we don't know how many in that 500,000 are here to do harm to the people in this country in the United States. Yeah. They, they don't they don't ever carry it they don't ever go that far because they don't want to admit that their policies uh ha have basically put everyone in this country at risk. Yeah. In one way shape or form. Like there's not a nuclear bomb or anything like that. But I mean, you know, we have to hear about well what what school is going to be shot up next? Well, what about, uh, you know, the guy who's building a bomb somewhere in, I don't know, L.A., who's from, I don't know, a member of Hamas. 
and who's taking that dirty bomb and he's going to blow something up and kill hundreds of people with one yeah. with one weapon no bullets I'll, no I'll gun you an entire brand new crisp dollar bill that at least one dirty bomb exists in the United States already oh without a doubt yeah and you know what's funny it's just dawned on me why haven't we outlawed planes? Two planes killed 3,000 people. Yeah. There's never been a mass shooting that's killed 3,000 people, but we want to outlaw, uh, you know, weapons. We don't want people to own weapons anymore. Even with this new uh, mass shooting that happened in Maine. With a guy who... <laughs> Uh, how he, who, he was released from a mental facility two weeks before he carries out a mass shooting. The FBI knew about it. His family knew about it. His friends knew about him. He was he was a disturbed individual. The FBI knew about it? Absolutely they did. And so all these red flags and nobody does, does anything. Uh, and then they complain. And... and you know, he should have never had weapons. I mean, he was just released, like I said, from a mental institution. And, and that doesn't mean that a criminal can't get weapons. Now, I don't know whether he obtained those weapons legally or had them before, or whatever. Yeah, does the, anyone know how long he was an FBI agent? No, he, the FBI knew about him. Well, I'm just kind of wondering if maybe he happened to be an Oh, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe They seem to be running around the country killing a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, maybe he like, was well, an informant for them, and, and, and maybe he was, you know, uh, uh, undercover. Who knows? I know nothing about this. But the first thing they go to, Ron, is, oh, this is another reason why we need, we need to get rid of assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. But yeah. it's, but it's well, listen, it's not a law-abiding citizen. What's yeah. law by what was law abiding about that man? All those Palestinians were using um, assault weapons as they were mowing people down in the streets uh, but, in but, Israel. Yeah, but my point was is is that uh, when the when the planes hit the twin towers in New York, we didn't rush and say, "Oh, we we need to we need to outlaw planes, mass killing." It's the same thing. It's a mass killing. Yeah. Carried out by crazy Basically, lunatics. The, the government controls. There is nothing you can do with an airplane, especially a commercial hauler. There's nothing you can do with that plane that the government has not signed off on in some way. But there, I mean, it, policies. I mean, you just can't run an airplane with that. But if, if because, you're gonna if you're gonna use that as the as the bar, yeah. Then, then, the then you should do that with everything. I, I heard Ted Nugent yeah. um, say, and, and he said this in a couple of interviews that he he, he was talking about when he uh, when he went on Piers Morgan. He said, "Then why don't we outlaw wa water so that there's no more drownings?" Yeah. So he told him. He said, "You work on banning weapons, and I'll work on banning water." And it's a, it's a sarcastic, dumb thing to say. 
Just like I was being sarcastic, and it's dumb to say we need to ban airplanes. Uh, that's not the solution. And banning, but at least you'd be trying, though. You know. Well, yeah, you can you can virtue signal and say, "Hey, I'm a good person because I want to ban, you know, whatever." Yeah, exactly. To protect, uh, you know, whoever. Uh, but we all know that's just a bunch of BS. So. Let's listen to... Well, uh, you and I do. Does this 37% of people in America today see that as BS? Or do they believe that that is uh, those policies are effective for the reasons they think they're effective? Well, they've either been watching CNN or MSNBC or, or one of those goofy channels for so long that they are completely brainwashed or they're just plain stupid. It's, it's either or, or a combination of both. Mm -hmm. uh, because there's no common sense in what these people do. What no, they say, they, they, how they act, what they, how they react, I, all of that stuff. There, there's, no, there's no semblance of sanity uh, well, in these people's yeah. minds. To say it another way and compare it in, in some respects to our conversations or observations about Obama and native intelligence um none of them can espouse a argument in other words they can uh, i mean i'm not on way too heavy duty right now so i need to dumb myself to espouse okay none of them can lay out an argument in favor of whatever it is they, their opinion. All they're doing is stating some opinion that they happen to share with everyone else. They don't know enough about it to have an understanding of what the pros and the cons are. And they cannot lay out the argument. When the when the questions on it, it becomes a, a personal matter. And all of a sudden, you just never get anywhere with it. Um, it's that way with everything these people do. They're, they're basically not sane people. I had an encounter with someone like that at this hospital over the weekend. Strangest encounter I've ever run into in a hospital. I mean, it came this close to being something you'd see in John Wick. Seriously. Just still blows my mind. And I, I need to sort through it with a few people, but um, it, it blows my mind with how far some of this stuff is gone in the medical, uh, well, they, it's called a medical profession, but then so is prostitution. It's called a profession <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. And I think it's even older than medical. So, um, I mean, there's so many lunatics running around who have their ounce of authority. They need people. Are like you going to tell us what happened? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, you can't leave me hanging like that. There's something that could happen later. But oh, I got you. No, this is the big, most bizarre thing. I swear. Just, I hear myself talking about it right now, and I just get shivered. I just can't believe that. 
But that they've been emboldened. Anyway. Well, they have. And, and the bottom line is, is these people uh, have never had to support their arguments. They've never had to defend their positions. They've never had to see the results of whatever it is their bad decisions are. And now we're seeing things implode around the world. And people like Bibi Netanyahu are saying, screw you people. You know, if you're not with us, then we don't need you around here. Go the fuck away. So, you know, I'm, I'm just positive he said that to Biden. In, in some yeah, form. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, um, he did to uh, the bozo from Ukraine. And mm -hmm. uh, these people are so busy taking over the world, so supposedly nonviolent, you know, the, these marks, the nonviolent takeover of the uh, universe, basically, that they don't realize how much violence they're causing. What a violent state of the world we have now. And, and all of them will default to, well, we didn't. Yeah, you push someone so far to where they they wind up killing themselves or their coworkers or what have you because they they no longer have a sense that they can do have any sense of control around their lives at all. They've been ignored. Um, what do you think is going to happen? Well, they're going to do something violent. So you know you, you've created the, the basis for the violence. And you got to time, you got to own up to it. That's what people tried to do to the blacks in the '60s around here, and with some, with a great deal of uh, success. And honestly, some of that success was accurate. The, the folks in government did not have those right. Um, but in some of those areas, like in Montgomery and some areas around Kansas City, when I was living in Kansas City in the '60s. Um, the, the black folks who lived there had every right to, to riot, and uh, it's just shocking that it took them so long. Um, so there's just a failure to recognize that, you know, there's usually some legitimacy behind all the beefs in the world. Before we go dismissing everyone just because they don't they do not agree with whatever it is our theory of the world is, doesn't mean they're wrong. But I mean, as I said before, who who in the world is the United States or the United Nations or anyone else for that matter? Where do they where do they gain the authority to tell Israel you need to you need to have you need to cease fire now? Yeah. Well, they who, take who, who is who is Joe Biden or even Vladimir Zelensky? Where do they get off saying you shouldn't be doing this because you know it's not good for pe the the civilians and the people and the women and the children and uh, you know you shouldn't defend yourself. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like. A liberal telling me you don't need a gun because you don't need to defend yourself well why is that your business first of all 
you need to read the Constitution. And yeah, I, I abide by the Constitution. I swore an oath to the Constitution. I believe in it. I love it. it. Is what it is. Tough shit. You'll get over it. But you have no business telling me that I I have to no longer defend myself, my family, or my property because you're offended of weapons. I don't give a crap what you're offended by. Mm-hmm. And and neither should Benjamin Netanyahu or anybody in Israel be offended. Or, or take orders from anyone outside of that country and, and have them dictate to them what they can and cannot do and whether they can or cannot defend themselves. Yeah. Whether, whether, you, whether you agree with them or not, it doesn't matter. Oh, well, what about the women and the children? Here we go again. You didn't care about the women and the children that were killed to instigate it. You're, kill, you're worried about the women and children that could be killed in defense of it. Well, it, that, yeah. that, all is fair in love and war. And unfortunately, c- civilian casualties are always going to happen. When, when did it become, and I get the Geneva Conventions and war crimes and all this other stuff, but when did it become, you can't defend yourself to the point where any civilian is killed? Or it's a war crime. I'm sorry, but I mean, if you're at war, crap's going to happen. You know, the same people who complain about, you know, women and children, they don't complain about the soldiers that they don't know who go overseas to defend their right to be an asshole like that and die. Because what, they're not women and children. Some of them are women, by the way. And some of them are still children because they're 18, 19 years old. I don't consider them adults. And, and they die. So that you can bitch and gripe and moan about, you know, civilian casualties. Well, you don't bitch and might moan and groan about military casualties, not in the same way. And, and to me, that's just ignorance. I don't, I don't get that. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't compute. Because uh, you can't have it both ways. I mean, there, well, there are going to be people that die during a war, whether it's a soldier or a civilian. It just is what it is. Well, that's why, you know, war... We've always looked upon as something that was so terrible that the people least interested in participating in a war were the people who had to fight the indigenous. Um, because they're, what you see is horrific. Um, and our country hasn't even really seen any of that for a long, so long. I have no idea what one looks like. Um, but this, this crap in, uh, the Palestinians coming to Israel recently and killing people, that's, that's what real war looks like pretty well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I am shocked by the amount of outcry I have not heard. Um, 
the amount of institutional support for people with no vested interest in Palestine. We don't even know they're real to Palestinians. It's all a made up mythical argument that these women and children of Palestine are being destroyed by uh, Israel. Well, how about, how about we know a little more about these folks? And in the meantime, maybe find out, well, why on earth are there are the men in their family over chopping off heads of babies with dull shovels? Well, I heard a, a, a college student say that Israel was holding 208 children captive and have been for quite some time and that they beat them and, and, and hurt them. I'm like, man, prove it. What, what are you talking about? There, I've never heard a report on anything like that. Never. No. But, but there's plenty of video. There's plenty of pictures that show babies with their heads cut off with shovels and people that, that their faces are so shot up that they can't be identified. There's actual proof of that. So, again, it's, it's kind of like the argument thing. Um, they can't define what it is that they're, that they're arguing about to begin with let alone make a substantive argument. And they make stuff up. Like, yeah, yeah there's 208 children, uh, Palestinian children being held in, in Israel right now. Where are they at? Where, where's the pictures in the video at? Where's the, where's the evidence of torture? Because we can show you the evidence of murder and, and abuse of... That that's the real war crime, is it not? The, yeah. the beheading, the beheading of babies. Are you kidding me? Well, that and what I would do to the people who did that, because it's not something people would want to have pictures of. That's what happens in the real world. Well, maybe you they do need to see you. that stuff. You know, I. I well, I, I, I agree. I was just thinking the other day, because I'm specifically thinking about an incident that a, a fellow named Morgan was involved in, in the uh, Indian Wars along the frontier. Of, actually, it was even before the uh, Revolutionary War. And he became uh, well, really well known as an Indian fighter and was a fighter down south. And is the guy who um, forgetting his name right now? The warrior guy, Mel Gibson. Okay, Mel Gibson essentially plays Morgan to some extent, highly fictional, in that movie *Patriot*. Well. There was a problem with one of these tribes that was doing things to settlers along the frontier that just were inhumane things. Things that were how they would butcher the men and the women and the kids and stuff like that. And his he and his men got mad enough at it that they did something uh to this Indian village that was part of 
the Indian Braves, not so Braves anymore, after they saw that, became enraged because of these horrendous, horrendous things they never imagined these white people would do. They're just done. And it uh, made them think twice. It actually weakened their minds so badly that they got themselves destroyed. That, that, that Indian tribe was no longer exist. You know, there, there's talk about things crossing the Indians did or did not do. I mean, there were 300 tribes in this country when Columbus found it sometime. No one else found it before. But at any rate, that was a sarcasm set aside for a moment. There were 300 tribes there. They weren't all the same. No. They're kind of like how things are now, you know? And one tribe in, uh, in uh, Iowa wasn't the same as a tribe over in the Dakotas. And, and they just were not universally the same no. by any means. Yeah. A lot of them in, in participated in cannibalism and uh, uh, having multiple wives and slave trade. Oh, yeah. All kinds of things yeah. that modern people might not agree with. But, you know, let's face it. They had uh, developed without any sort of uh, influence from uh, European civilization and damn little from Asian civilization so you know they, they were called um what is it uh not civilized um uncivilized uncivilized yeah whatever. <laughs> yeah so yeah it's like they, they weren't treated though as people is my point but there's there, there's been a lot of uncivilized groups and societies in the world from the very beginning i mean cave, oh, cavemen, yeah. cavemen weren't civilized the vikings weren't civilized uh the uh the romans weren't civilized the the mayans weren't civilized there, there's a, a a hundred or more instances of uncivilized people that have done horrible things to other people that you mm -hmm. could that you could bring up and say, oh my gosh, this atrocity, it should have never happened. What do we do about yeah. it? What what are we gonna do about it? Isn't the first you know, thing that our, our, starts to define what is a civilization? Yeah, well, isn't I mean, that someone isn't that a group of people who have decided they know they know best about how things ought to be? You know, whether they were true whether it's true that they do or not is another matter. But they they agree on certain things and how their quote unquote civilization to be, and they force it on everyone else. Well, guess what? That's been going on for for millennia, and uh, it's frequently wrong because basically that's basically folks who sit around and agree come up with the same opinion until someone else comes along, proves them wrong. And what do you know? The sun does revolve around the earth, or the earth does resolve, revolve around the sun, and the earth's not flat, and you know, 
all kinds of strange things. But I mean, is it is it Mexico? Uh, is it is it Mexico living in on stolen land from the Mayans? No. I, I mean, you could yeah. make an argument for that, right? Well, you sure can, yeah. Uh, because Mayans don't consider themselves to be Mexican. So, and and that's the few that are left around, right? But mm-hmm. they were, but they were. So I went to the the Mayan ruins in in Guatemala and and Mexico, and you know I learned about I I, I read a book, um, and it was a very difficult read. It's it's very hard to follow the Mayan culture. But we we toured some of the temples and stuff, and and they played games like. Almost like the original creators of football or soccer. And there was these little rings, and whoever kicked the ball through, you know, they'd have these matches and stuff. And the loser would get beheaded and then thrown into a well and be sacrificed. And they sacrificed their own people, you know, to the gods for for a good harvest and, and a good rain or whatever, uh, these weren't civilized people. They still exist today. Granted, not, not near as many as you know we, we think there were. Um, we still don't know a whole lot about their culture, kind of like the you know the Middle East. We still don't we haven't cover, uncovered all of the, the information. Uh, but what information we do have, they were uncivilized. And I'm sure that they, you know, they had wars with other tribes and stuff. And, and so do you hold the Mayans accountable for that? And, and, and do you say to the Mexicans, hey, you're living on indigenous people's land and, and we, therefore you should give it back to them and how dare you? I mean, we could, we could nitpick that all day long across the entire globe. Well, it's going on all over South America for several years now where indigenous people have gained rights never dreamed of. Because of this whole colonizer bullshit. As it should be. uh, But I mean, when when you're having the discussion, it's not a one-way street. And it's not so cut and dry. Like like we're living on stolen land. I mean, I've heard... You know, I used to listen to talk radio every once in a while, and I heard a guy in uh, North Carolina, I think, was calling into, I don't remember what show it was I was listening to. And and it was about the immigration issue and, and uh, Mexicans coming across the border. And he said, well, they're just coming to reclaim what they originally owned in the first place. And I thought, oh, well, you just shit on a whole bunch of uh, American Indians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, without even knowing what the hell you're talking about. But even at the same, within the same context, uh, you're talking about people that were gonna, going to go to war and they were not civilized. War is not civilized, no matter, I mean, it's just not. No. Uh, so, these people fought all the time. That's what they've done. Like, like in Israel, in the Middle East, they've fought for thousands of years. 
uh, the Indians and the Mexicans and, and all the indigenous people, that's what they've always done is fought over land. So you can't, you can't sit there and argue that, oh, well, you know, we, we stole their land and, you know, therefore we should give it back to them because it doesn't belong to us. Well, but, you know, like you were saying, they went around and, you know, they were cannibals and they scalped people and they raped other, you know, tribes, women and killed their children. And, you know, I, so, so you're just going to let them like start that all over again. I'm not saying that they would. I'm just no, saying but, that's just a sarcastic. Uh, uh, I think it's a good point, though, if you're going to use, you know, let's go back to the olden days of having to do physics and a slide rule instead of a calculator. Yeah. You had to take all kinds of things into consideration when calculating. And I think that oversimplifying things, trying to do everything with bumper sticker solutions is is stupid. It and is, the Middle East is a great example. Yeah. I mean, bumper sticker solutions hardly ever work. And where they are, it's because somebody just got power crazy and and it got stopped before it got out of control. Um, but yeah, you've got to consider things like that and just say, whether these people have a valid point or not is not so much of an issue. That, that is a point. But these are the same what people. They're, what, they're really saying, what they're really saying is that they want some place to live that is theirs. That's what they're really saying. Yeah. Now, well, not not all the Palestinians are saying that, but what well, there's our problem is our intel is so bad we don't even know who these who real Palestinians are. Right. I mean, we don't even know who real main citizens are anymore. Well, let's listen. So, let's listen to this. Uh, Mossab Hassan Youssef. Okay. And, yeah. and he kind of says something similar to what you're saying. There are a bunch of movements coming forward in the West, angry in the streets, protesting. Some call themselves pro-Palestine. Some call themselves free Palestine. Others say end occupation. What occupation are you talking about? Do you mean in Israel and give Hamas what they want? Give Hamas weaponry, territory, soldiers, army, so they can mess more with the global security? Are you totally blind? How can't you see the things in common between the West and Israel? And how can't you see the violence and the brutality of Hamas movement. Or it's your hatred. You have nothing to do with Palestine. You're just projecting hatred and inflicting emotional pain on the Jewish people as they mourn a modern day Holocaust. Do you think this is how you help Palestine? There is no such a thing as Palestine. Palestine what? 
Yasser Arafat Palestine, PLO Palestine, PA Palestine, Hamas Palestine, Islamic Jihad Palestine. What Palestine are you protesting for? You have no idea what you're talking about. I am being emotional. I have the right to be emotional. Because I speak on behalf of the children. As a Palestinian child, as a child of the land, I qualify to talk about the subject. But you, you have no idea what you're talking about. You've never been there. You did not live the pain of that land. So what are you protesting against or about? What is your problem? Let me be clear. This war will go the way we want it to go. Your opinion doesn't matter. Even if you were a majority, you don't matter. Not in this war. It's not your business. You protest against your politicians in London, in Paris, everywhere, wherever you want. That's your business. But in the Middle East, we deal with business, the Middle East style. The Middle East style. We are going after Hamas leaders, and we're going to kill all of them. And nobody can get in the way. Those are criminals. Those, those are terrorists. They have lots of blood on their hands. Hamas prisoners in Israeli prisons must be executed. We are going to destroy Hamas infrastructure. And that's the answer for their brutality. There is no way around it. As you see, I'm not politically correct. I'm not your type. And I will not be. This act of Hamas did not only bring the wrath of Israel against Gaza. It brought the wrath of God. And you will see God in action. Whether you like what he said or not, the man's got a lot of balls. Because we don't have people in our country yeah. that say stuff like that. Yeah, we do. Not very many. No, it's uh, frowned upon to say anything like that unless you're among a uh, few people who really understand it all. Because it's, it's having a view about the entire thing is a political matter. And yet, as he says, he makes a great point. I, I, I thought he would get there was that we may sit around in our in this country and have opinions about things yeah. and shake our heads of one way or the other and agree or disagree and everything but it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter what my opinion or your opinion is yeah that's what i was saying earlier yeah um and, and it's like he says that he defines a palestinian as someone who was born there. I think that's as good a way to start the conversation as any. Mm -hmm. You're born in Palestine? Uh, uh, let's come up with some map of Palestine. You know, let's have a map of Israel. Okay, everyone born within these borders, they get to sit around and talk. Everyone else, uh, thank you very much. Go the fuck home. Yeah. And that's my opinion. No, and I agree no one, 100%. No one cares. I mean, we, we no don't need cares. the United Nations telling us no. what to do in this country. That's right. 
Why is it that that area is so important that everyone has to have an opinion to where you have 600 millionaires in Palestine, none of them are probably Palestinian people, by the way. Um, they're all serving some uh, financial purpose there for some uh, arms manufacturing. Um, so he's exactly right. The man's right. And he had an epiphany um, while he served in uh, Hamas and realized what he was participating in is not what his father born. And he's a brilliant guy. I wish I knew the man. Um, but yeah, you, we have to have people who are willing to call a spade a spade. He does that. Um, we don't know him well here. I don't think it's because he doesn't really express his views on things. I think it's because our media ignores anyone who says anything they uh, disagree with. Um, I think that uh, I'm surprised anything about him has even leaked out in the last year. Uh, who The guy I just played? Yeah, just because of how corrupt our media is. Um, and maybe that's just because not everyone in the Northeast media complex. Oh, he's all over the news now. I mean, they're playing him everywhere. They're interviewing uh, him. Oh, yeah. You know, well, because, yeah. Be, because he's... Because there are people in that, in that corrupt uh, media empire that are not anti-Israel. Yeah, for sure. And it really looks like to anyone, any casual observer have to say, boy, these media people, they hate Jews. I know Jews who I would look at and say, what the hell do you talk about? Why, why is it that you can't even uh, be behind Israel, even though you're not even connected to it in any way? Why would you be opposed to a place for Jews to live? And if you want to create a place for Palestinians to live right next to it and get along, fine. You know, I don't have a problem with that. I, I think the Jews had to recover from World War II a lot differently than Palestinians had to recover from World War One. Yeah. Um, but I don't see uh, Israel or the Palestinians, frankly, running around uh, doing things to the world that our country is doing right now. No, and, and so, you know, people are probably saying, well, you should take this man's advice and not talk about the subject because you're not from there. Uh, but it's like, you know, I, I talked to my mom yesterday. It was her birthday. Uh, turned 86 years old. And... It was probably the longest conversation we had in a while. And, and as I get older, I learn more and more about my family. You know, my mom's not from the United States. She's from Holland. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me, because um, we talked, we were talking about um, World War II, and, and she lived over there when that was going on. And she says, I, you know, because I, I, I brought up the same thing that I said on the show to her. I said, you know, people in the, in the United States are pretty complacent. You know, they don't have bombs whistling over their head and, 
You know, there's not, you know, market, you know, people driving uh, suicide bombers in, in markets and stuff and, you know, farmers markets in this country. And, and we don't experience that. And, and I think a lot of Americans have come to the, the complacency that it's never going to happen here, not on, on U.S. soil. Gosh, that's, ne you know, that's why everybody was so shocked when Pearl Harbor happened and then when everybody was so shocked when 9-11 happened. How is that even possible in our country? That's not, that's not ever supposed to happen. And I think that with the southern border thing, it's the same attitude. Oh, there's no terrorists coming across the border. Nothing's ever happened like that before. How do you think the assholes from the Middle East got here and learned how to fly planes and got licenses? And, you know, they didn't just kind of just show up. And, I mean, they, uh, some no. probably came in illegally. I mean, we don't, but we don't know the answer to that because everything's so classified, right? But, yeah, no, but she was no telling me. No one wants to expose. No one wants to tell us, the people, what really happened. Yeah, and but she was telling me how she would, you know, she would have to grab the the hands of her brother and sister and and run down the street as grenades are flying by them to make it to the bunker so they didn't die. I mean, she's not a fan of Germany at all. No. My my mom can speak German and she refuses to. Uh, but she, you know, she's, she's one of them old school people that, you know, lived in that era and, and experienced that and was in the war, not hey, as a soldier. Well, well, can I ask you a question? Because I don't know if you've experienced this or not for your family, but the, there might be something to this question I'm wondering about that adds some light on what you're getting to. And that is... Have you experienced the desire of women to get out of Germany and into this country the same way they might desire to get out of whatever other third world country that we've been associated with the many servicemen? You mean when I was about? there? Yeah. I absolutely. You heard about? Okay. Absolutely. Because a lot of folks think of Germany as being some grand uh, state or, or what have you but there's a that's a lot of the uh post-war crap uh that's passed around in this country uh -huh. <clears throat> but, but the truth is a lot of those people went the hell out of germany and they're willing to the women around there some gorgeous i knew one gorgeous women marry willing to marry almost anyone who can get yes. them out of that country absolutely so that's a part of that that People don't realize now. so much so, Ron, just, that there there were females that would walk up to you and ask you to do that, marry me, so I can go to America. Yeah. And you didn't even know who the hell they were. Yeah. Well, yeah. So. I, yeah. And and you know they. Sorry, but I just I just wanted to see if you had experienced that. Absolutely. Yes. And I know other people that that have as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, friends that I was stationed with and and still talk to and you know I don't I don't know if it's is uh, you know it may not be as frequent as it used to be but and I'm not saying it was it, something that happened every day 
But any occasion is an indication that there are more. Well, that's the right. It's okay. You just found, you just exposed something you didn't know about. How much of this exists? Mm -hmm. That's always the question. Yeah. It's like the, oh, there weren't enough, there weren't enough uh, fraudulent ballots to sway the election. Well, we don't know that. Exactly. Because no one ever bothered to find out. That's the point that we're making on our show when we ask these bizarre questions of things that go on around the world, is that if those questions don't go answered, then we have weird things going on that there's no way to contextualize. Well, so, so with the election thing. Own, so but I'm wondering about her and getting out of Holland and wasn't your dad from Poland? My grandparents were. You, my, my grandparents were from Ukraine and Poland. Yeah. Um, my dad was stationed in Bombholder, Germany, when he was in the United States Army. And he went over to Holland and met her, and then every weekend he was taking a train and, and going to see her. Um, I don't know that it was a, a marriage of convenience. I mean, they were together for... Quite a long time. Um, and had two kids, so, I mean, I don't, I don't remember my parents ever acting as if they were in a, a, a marriage of convenience. My mom is not a citizen of this country, and she's still here. And mm -hmm. they've been divorced for over 20 years. Uh, and so... You know, she's never expressed any regret of leaving. And, and I mean, she didn't go home very many times. Uh, I think she went a couple times and then some of her family came here to visit us. But she's never expressed any regret uh, when it comes to, you know, getting married and leaving her, her homeland. Um. As, as far as I know, she loves this country. I mean, you know, she could have left and went back home years and years and years ago. But isn't it funny that most people that want to come here don't come here and go, I really want to go back to where I came from. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that occasionally there are those that, that do, but I would say the vast majority of people who come to this country do not want to leave. So the, the, the narrative that we're a racist country and that we're a, a bigoted country and that we, we, don't, we don't like, you know, people from other countries coming here, that's not even remotely close to the truth. It's just not. Um... But my mom has always been legally in this country. You know, she's always had her, her papers and all of her stuff in order and, and paid into the system uh, when she worked here all of her life. Um, and, and, and you don't get to be a citizen just because you're married in this country. At least not that I'm aware of. Um, she's tried to become a citizen. She she still struggles with the English language. I make fun of her all the time. I do too sometimes. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so um, part of the problem is becoming a citizen is not easy in this country. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be like going to get a driver's license. I mean, you, you, you need to know stuff. Uh, and, and she just, she doesn't understand it. And so she just struggles with, you know, the tests and, and all the, you know, and plus she's older too, but I mean, she just, but she considers herself an American. She's been here for mm-hmm. 50 plus years. Probably more American than native born Americans, you know? Yeah, I, I, I do tend to think that sometimes that there are people who come from, from other countries that love this country more than the people that are from here. Yeah. A lot more. I think I see it a lot in uh, people who come here from Korea. Yeah. And people who come here from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. It's just shocking to me how much they all come here and they appreciate being here. They send a lot of money home. Um it's it's just incredible that how much they love this country. Yeah, I, I find that I find that uh, disturbing and and kind of cool in 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 a way. It's disturbing that more Americans don't really love their country the way they should. Uh, and I think that that those people who come here that love this country, I mean, unconditionally. That's cool. It's disturbing to me that people that are from here don't see it the same way. And, and that's the complacency and the taking for granted that I speak about. Uh, you know, there's been talk of uh, Russia and China not using any kind of conventional warfare to take out the United States. That they will use an EMP. Uh, or otherwise known as a HEMP, and it will basically put the power grid out of operation for a year, if not longer. And everything shuts off. I mean, everything's run electronically now. Computer. I mean, your phone has a computer chip in it. Your computer, your TV, your car, and an EMP will shut all that stuff down. And if we go, if we go three months without electricity and, and eventually water, it's complete chaos, and 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 there are going to be a lot of people that don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that happens or not, I mean, who knows? Anything's possible. Well, I think that. That's the, a sad reality that we have, is that it used to be sort of like conspiracy theories of, oh, that's just a whole bunch of hogwash. That'll never happen in this country. By saying, said by the same people who have said things like, oh, planes will never fly into buildings in Manhattan. You know? Yeah. Oh, we'll never see a bomb go off in the, uh, a missile set off of a bomb, set off a bomb in a major city in America. Oh, no. Um, 
whole lot of things like that. And yet, people are so out of it, they just do not recognize what's going on. And it's like, not to be a fear monger or anything, but we have good reason to be scared of just about everything that we're seeing, everything that, boy, there's my problem with English right now in narcotics. <laughs> Every single thing that you're mentioning and a lot of other things of, that are people's fears that used to even be looked upon as irrational fears are now fears. Even fear of alien invasion. We're so screwed up now, it's, it's possible aliens might come here to stop us from all blowing one another up, you know? Um, who knows? We don't know. I, I guarantee you one thing, though, that the people who like to think they're in charge of this world are so corrupt and so out of favor that um, they don't mind getting the rest of us all killed just because they don't get to have their way. And it's about time we all realized it. And yeah. Said, you know, we got to, we have to start feeling the same way about them. I realized it way long before, and I'm sure you did too, and I'm sure there's other people that did. But like I said, at least 20 years ago, when I looked at my wife and said, we're in deep trouble. 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, maybe 22 or 23 years ago now. And I saw it then, before any of this other nonsense has even occurred. It's just snowballed and gotten worse. I mean, the, the attitudes, the, the, the ideals, the division, you know, the, the not being able to live your life the way you want to and somebody else butting their nose into your business and all that stuff. It's just, it's just snowballed. And, uh, you know, I... I I heard a Democrat admit for the first time since Joe Biden was inaugurated when he said, I'm going to unite the country. And that's never happened. And it, the Democrat said, yeah, I, and I don't see it ever happening. We're just, we're just not on the same page. We're not even, we're not even the same chapter. Not even in the same book. Yeah. And, and I was blown away because, you know, Democrats don't admit to a lot of things that they say that are wrong and that, uh, you know, they lie about. You know, Joe Biden had no intention of ever trying to bring this country together. It, it, it just was untrue. Uh, because from the very first day that he stepped into the role, he's done everything he can to basically destroy the country and to divide people even more. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're trying to unite, uh, what, what, we'll use one of the biggest things that, you know, MAGA Trump supporters are racist. Uh, I'm a Trump supporter and I'm not racist. But how are you gonna get me to the table when, when you label me as racist? Yeah. You, you expect me to show up and, and try to reason with people who, who automatically believe 
without even knowing who I am, that I'm racist, I, I don't even want to be around you. Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, you're self-segregating yourself at the same time. So, so you know, what is, what's even, why is it even worth anybody's time? Yeah. How, you can't unite that, Ron. No, there's no common ground with someone like that. That's why Hillary was such a bad candidate. And people didn't really understand why until they had a chance to live maybe a year after the election and hear different things from different people. And, uh, but, but yeah, you can't, before the election even happens, you can't say something like, you know, half of these people who support him or, uh, or what'd she say? The Deplorables and irredeemables. Yeah. 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 Well, sorry, but that's not a statement that you're trying to win over. That may be something you're trying to shame someone into thinking about their position or something, but you're not demonstrating why they're being deplorable. You're not shaming them because there's no reason to shame the Republicans who uh, she's branding us with these names because the people who deserve those names, like white supremacists and segregationists and people like that, were from the Democrat Party. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, how about you take a look at your own house and clean it the hell out first? Well, but they've they've claimed that they've taken the you know the moral high ground and and they've changed their ways and it's the Republicans that are now the racists and you know it's like calling me an extremist. I I don't even know what that means. The only thing I've ever been extreme at is drinking, chasing women, playing golf, riding horses. I've never been like a a militant. I mean, I, I, I'm not like the weather underground and, and uh, you know, uh, the guy that, that launched Barack Obama's uh, political career and, and oh, blew up yeah. the Capitol. I've never done anything that remotely resembles the definition of extremist when it comes to the, the left yeah. and how they, you know, how they uh, define that. Bill Ayers was also a friend of Hillary Clinton's, too. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's still a, he's a damn college professor for the love of God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, useful. why is well, that? Most useless job in the world. Yeah, well, it, it's fitting uh, because then, you know, he'll, he'll continue his, his extremism. Uh, but how, how do you, how do you blow up the Capitol and you're still not in prison? If, if there's anything that resembles an insurrection, that would be it. Yeah. Because the definition, from what I understand, is that you disrupted a, uh, uh, a government procedure and made some people feel threatened. Well, if a bomb didn't disrupt a government, a government procedure or the, the business of the day and didn't make anybody feel threatened, then there is no such thing as an insurrection. No. Sure. 
Because that man should be in prison until he stops breathing. Yeah, so that's that's extreme. Ball, that's what's that's what an extremist is. Has there been a Republican blow up the Capitol? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. No. Has there ever been a a, a Republican or a conservative that uh, attempted assassination on a president? Once, maybe. I think I think I've looked that up, and actually, there's never been an attempt on a Democrat. I, I mean, who'd want to waste their time in the in the cost of the bullet <laughs> well yeah until lincoln came along uh, there weren't any republican presidents <clears throat> so yeah but i mean that's what i talk that's what i always talk about when it comes to labels they they don't make any sense uh And, and for someone who doesn't know somebody else personally, just like the, the, you know, the guy was saying about, you don't know what you're talking about. You did, you've never lived here. You, you've never gone through the, the pain and the suffering and the, the carnage. Um, you don't have the right, uh, nor the knowledge, to call me an extremist and a, a, a threat to democracy. You don't know me. It's like, you know, I've always told my kids, I said, don't, don't ever say you hate someone. Hate is a very strong word. If you don't know who they are. And you shouldn't hate anybody anyway. You know, I, I think we use that, that term willy-nilly, and, and most of the time, you know, I hate that pizza, or, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. not necessarily exactly what you're you're trying to convey but people go around and oh i hate trump and i hate trump supporters or i hate you know conservatives i hate republicans i hate democrats i do hate joe biden because i think it's okay to hate evil but if you don't know someone i hate i hate things that he does i don't know him as a person what I do know is not good and that I do know someday he will be judged. And it doesn't need to be necessarily by me, but we judge all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, people use that as a, a crutch, right? Oh, you shouldn't judge other people. That's, that's it's not very Christian of you. Man, we, everybody judges everything every day. Sure. That's how we mark the boundaries of our friendships. Exactly. So if you say that, you know, if you're saying that to someone, you're, you're being, you're just being an idiot. Well, I see the, I get the point, and I guess my excuse around it or my uh, logic around the issue is that I, uh, I don't look at it upon myself as my job being to judge someone else. I, I do, I'm sure more, if not more than folks who folks do that are, I don't know, bad, wrong things. I don't know, I'm not a bad, wrong, evil person, but I know that I'm not perfect. And now none of us are, that's why we're here. You know, so how religion kind of came along and we all hope to redeem ourselves at some point. Right. And yet, 
whether we do or not is out of our control. We either do so or we don't. Um, but uh, with respect to someone like a politician, I, I they're they're stepping into a role where I must judge them because they work for me. Um, it's like if I hired a foreman to run a ranch, I must judge them every day. And I know that they're going to do things that I might like or might not like. They're going to approach their general approach in some ways and have to be a match for me or not. But they're going to make decisions I will not agree with all the time. You know, well, that's what happens when you hire people to do something you want. They're just not going to do everything you want all the time. You hire the very best person that you can, and that's what hiring people are. Well, doesn't mean you can't fire them. Yeah. Doesn't mean doesn't mean you can't punish them somehow. Well, that's a one level of judgment. Just like if someone is driving a driving a delivery vehicle for me or something like that, and I want them to do something, they run around the aisle, they mouth off at someone, whatever. Okay, fired. Well, I just judge them. I also judge people who uh, are my friends. Not not the same way as everyone else does, maybe, where it's like, oh, you know, Sally uh, uh, wears her hair so thick and dresses so trashy. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I, I may look at it as, you know, these are people I prefer to have as friends who, uh, and I may have a different set of looking friends than other people do. I tend to be more intellectually inspired. We tend to agree on ideas and things or disagree on ideas and things. Um, Fashion isn't a big deal with people around me, and yet I know some very fashionable people. I also know a couple of them have come into you know the old club with me at one time wearing. <laughs> well, that's old, what I mean. Uh, that's what I mean. Basketball jerseys and stuff, and they look like they ought to be you know at the Y shooting baskets, <laughs> which is where they came from. Yeah. Well, you know, fine. You got in here because of me. Just remember that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what, what I, I mean, though. I mean, you know, we. Well, but that's what I would say. I mean, you're not part of this lifestyle. And that's okay. I don't think anyone's going to judge you. But you're here with me. And how you act or how you yeah. interact. Oh, yeah. Reflect oh, thoughts yeah. on me. So someone comes up to you and talks to you, says something you don't like, doesn't like the Heineken you're drinking, whatever. You got a right to stand up for yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy I'm talking about is a, is a Purple Heart recipient, Vietnam. Um, good friend of mine, even though we're politically at opposites. Um, but you're in there and you give him trouble, you're going to catch him even more trouble back. Yeah, right. Him and me, you know? So you better watch yourself. Well, I'm saying, you know. Um, we never had any trouble, though, because he knew that. He was cool. He knew what the word cool meant in human relationships. Well, a lot of people don't, especially not now. So 
But that is something that's also true of people I know and hang out with, is they have a certain level of cool to them that they're okay with other people's uh, views and opinions on things and all. A lot less than they once were, though, including me, where I have no patience at all for bullshit any longer. I'm like, I have verbally, or I have, in my imagination, I've put a 45 through your brain because of what you just said, and you might as well go the hell away. Yeah. That's how hard it is to become a friend of mine now because I will not deal with people like Joe Biden. I mean, that's how stupid he is. Well, that's uh, what I was saying. I mean, he's a waste of time. He's a waste yeah. of effort. And well, there are a, there are a lot of people, 37% or more of them, as a matter of fact, uh, that aren't really worth... You know, and, and I'm judging. Right now, I'm judging. They're not worth... You know, pissing on them if they're on fire. And yet, an awful lot of those people are friends of mine and their kids. Mm -hmm. People I grew up with, not in the military, but uh, afterwards and in the, and in the uh, public schools, college. Um, they were left of center, right of center. They're the people who became successful at uh, Marxist-oriented society because they learned how to run their businesses and how to make money and a living in a Marxist society. Yeah. You know, they were educated well enough. They had no pressure on them. They learned that, you know, hey, it's not such a bad deal. Maybe if you work for a, a drug company, an enormous drug company and a Marxist society. Well, until, of course, it's not a wonderful which ultimately happens. Um, same thing with lawyers. People yeah, they learned how to play the game. Deposits. Well, yeah, they learn how to play the game. As long as they're comfortable with the game, they convince themselves that I made it to retirement, thank God. And my kids can deal with what's here, and I've taught them how to get along with the environment, and they can go do so too. Well, isn't that what Charles Luciano did? You know? Oh, yeah. Um, Abner's Wellman. Uh, a lot of mobsters, they're like, oh, this is the world we live in. You can be a part of it or not. This is what I do. Uh, that's giving in to our, not our better self. It's the demanding less of ourselves, which is being judgmental of me toward them, perhaps. I'm trying to understand where they come from, because I think it's a fascinating subject as societies evolve over time. Um, but at any rate, um, I, I realize that an awful lot of these people who are doctors and lawyers and people like that who have become Marxists and so have their kids, they, they go to these stupid schools and they know less now than 
than they did when they started there. And their parents just think, well, they've got a good enough education. They're smart enough. I've taught them enough through morality or whatever that they'll eventually get it all figured out in time. I did, and I think they will too. Okay, fine. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Look at all the harm that's been done that you could have prevented by not just calling a spade a spade when it started happening. So, you know, the country's just going through some stuff that uh, is, uh, it's an orchestrated train wreck, and so few people ever have done anything about it. And those of us who have get ridiculed, and, and that's okay. I don't care if I kick off with zero friends, but I'll be well armed. <laughs> yeah. Someone wants to, to take on me, they better be able to uh, stand up for themselves. And someone who is willing to stand up to them for themselves uh, to that degree is probably someone who's my friend. Yeah. You know, I've also recognized that I have a lot in common with a lot of people I've never met with. Well, and that's why I brought up the whole thing with the with the gun control, and I'm like, yeah, why is it so important for you to be concerned about me defending, having the right to defend myself? Why is that so concerning to you? Let's take out, let's take out all the noise, the mass shootings, and and the the mental illness, and all that other stuff. We're talking about normal people. Why is it so important for you? that I do not have the right to defend myself. What do you have to gain from that? You don't know when I'm carrying and when I'm not. You don't know what kind of weapons I own, nor is it your business. But why is it so much your business that you need to, you need to take that away from me? Mm -hmm. Is it because you're jealous of it because you can't do it yourself? You know, you, you, you don't you you don't want to learn how to be a responsible gun owner and you don't want to be able to to shoot a weapon or own one. That's fine. I could care less. I'm I'm not worried about you not owning a weapon. I mean, it God forbid anything ever happens to somebody where they're in a position where they have the, they they need to defend themselves, but they can't because they don't believe in, you know owning weapons or, you know, self-defense classes, whatever. But yeah. why is it so I don't care about you. I would defend you if I was near you because that's the right thing to do. If I was, if I was driving by a school and saw somebody walking across the lawn with a weapon in their hand, I'm going to pull in and I'm going to find out what the hell's going on. And if they have any kind of, you know, bad intentions, I'm probably going to take them out. So I'm willing to defend people who are, are, are defenseless. But I'm not willing to give up my right to defend myself just because you don't like something. Yeah. Well, and you just are at right at the very heart of what a militia is. That's the very heart of what a, a militia consists of, why it exists. 
it's a terrible time to have to stop because I know I warned you about having to do a medical break and then I made it this far and I can make it another 10 minutes. But that's not enough to get into. Well, let's the, do this. Um, the whole, uh, <laughs> let's make a, let's make a final point on the 37%. And I've got uh, okay. a little, this, this is a little clip of, uh, the, the new house speaker when he was on a committee and it's about abortion. And the person that he's questioning is a prime example of the 37% that exists in this country today. And here we go. Strongly supports legalized abortion, right? Hey, hang on a second. I got to change something here real quick. I, I jacked with something earlier and I shouldn't have done it. Let's try this again. Incorrect. Okay, what, what does that organization do? I'm the co-executive director of Florida Access Network. Okay, well our, our hearing outline set up. So the Action Network strongly supports legalized abortion, right? Correct. And help me understand the position of your organization. Uh, these are simple yes or no questions. Is it okay to murder a 10-year-old child? No one should be forced to remain pregnant if they don't want to. Is it okay to murder a 10-year-old child? Yes or no? I am deeply offended that you would call me a murderer. I'm not calling you a murderer, ma'am. I'm asking you a question. Is it okay to murder a 10-year-old child? This is about your organization's position. Would they say yes or no? My organization's position is that no one should be forced to remain pregnant if they don't want to. And any abortion restrictions... Are, okay. Okay. Let me let me let me answer the question for you. I'm assuming that you do not advocate for the murder of children. Okay. What about a toddler? I assume you would say it's not okay to murder a, a toddler either, a two-year-old. What about a newborn? Let me ask you this: the position of the organization, are you for partial birth abortion? Is that the position of the organization? Would you support that? What my organization is for is to support the people who need abortion care who are lied to when they are sent to okay, alleged if, pregnancy resource would centers that, excuse that me, lie just to just patients a would that and apply tell to, them... Would that apply to a woman who is nine months pregnant? I disagree with the premise of your question. Do you, would you support the abortion of a late-term unborn child? Anybody should have should have the right to have an abortion at any time, any time. for any okay. reason. That's what I need. So here's the thing. I'm just trying to. Did you hear what she just said? <laughs> at any time, for any reason. Yeah. And why did that? Why did having to get that out of her seem like extracting teeth? Exactly. If that's, took... a, if that's a legitimate position that you're proud of, then. Fine. Two and a half minutes to get her to admit exactly yeah. what it is that they are uh, that they are their goal is. Yeah. Is yeah. it is I, it I, ab abortion on demand? That this is this is part of the thirty-seven percent. She can't articulate and 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 have a conversation with any substance to it. She she these are the people that can't define what a woman is let alone what their position is, because either A, they're too stupid, or B, they don't want you to know the truth about who they really are. Yeah. 
Uh, but let's listen. There's a there's about um, a minute and a half left. And the logical fallacy. So if we would not support, and I'm, I mean this sincerely, and this is not for you personally. I'm talking about the organization. You support an advocacy organization. If it if it is not okay to take the life of a small child outside the womb, why is it okay to take the life of a small child nine month nine inches up the birth canal inside the womb? What is the distinction? Help me understand the, the distinction of that. I don't understand the question. If it, you, you would not support the murder of a small child, right? No one would, no civilized person would. Why do we support the taking of a life of a child right before they're delivered? No civilized person should support forced pregnancy. Does abortion take the life of something <laughs> Jesus that's alive? Christ. No one should be forced to remain pregnant against their will. Ma'am, you're not answering my questions. Let me, let me ask the doctor uh, on this screen. Um, is it okay, uh, or let me ask you this, does abortion kill something that's alive, take the life of something that's alive? Sir, the way that you're asking these questions actually intentionally invite violence and harassment to both of us, to all of us. I'm sorry, that is an absurd response. You're a medical doctor. Tell me if the, the tell me if the, the if there's an unborn child in the womb or not, if are we killing something that's alive? When you when you dismember something in the womb, is that a human being or not? It's a living being, yes or no? I am here to talk about medical care. Yes, this is a direct question about medical care, ma'am. You positioned yourself as an expert on the issue. Are we taking a life or not? Is it a life, yes or no? What you were You know what's really crazy about what she just said? Is they say that abortion is medical care. Yeah, that that's their biggest argument, that it's medical care. And she's just said, I'm here to speak about medical care. You see how they twist and manipulate. And, and, and what kills me about these politicians is that he should have stopped dead in his tracks and said, would you repeat what you just said? Because you just stated that we're here to talk about medical care. But your biggest argument is, is that abortion is medical care. And it should be afforded to anyone at any time for any reason. So either it is or it isn't, or you're lying, or you're manipulating, and you're playing games. And the same thing with the other, the other girl. When she said, I believe that a woman should have the right to abortion at any time and not be forced to be pregnant, I would have, I would have stopped and said, wait a minute. Um... I'm a Trump supporter, and I'm considered an extremist. Isn't that an extreme stance on abortion? That five minutes before a baby is supposed to be born, you have the right to kill it? I, I, I don't know. That, again, it's like Barack Obama when I said earlier, these people are supposed to be fast on their feet, and they're not. No. They're, they're, they're either that or they're just scared to ask that question or they're scared to go to that, to that level. I, I don't get it. Because these people are not answering the question to begin with. And you're letting them get away with not answering the question. And then when they do say something that's controversial or, or maybe argumentative towards your view or other people's views, your representatives... Uh, or, or your constituency, you're not you're not going to the to, you're not getting to the 
the root of the conversation. Right. Yeah, it's so, like whether so, you want to agree with the current woman or not, you know, abortion on demand, abortion uh, anytime, anytime, anywhere up to the point of birth uh, is acceptable. Okay, well, you know, the, the statement I said that it sounds like she had, had to be drug at him. Well, okay. Well, at least I understand that. I didn't, I wasn't really understanding what she was saying before, but I understand that. Yeah. I can, I can say that I even would say that there's people out there who are opposed to that idea, including me, who might be okay with it in a certain set of circumstances, probably uh, nearly 100% of the circumstances she anticipates that having a need to apply. Mm -hmm. um, and we're arguing about this, that, and these really small distinctions that are not clarifying things. Why not just say, this is what I want, this is what I want, and then recognize, okay, what's the Constitution say? Yeah. Well, the abortion didn't exist. Oh, well, the hell it didn't. You know? Um, things, things in society did not exist the same as it did then uh, and now. Well, fine. Property rights were looked at. Um, you know, so, you know, there, there's, a, there's an entirely thorough way of examining the, the abortion subject within the context of the Constitution that has never been tried. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it will now because of the Roe v. Wade being turned, overturned, but there's an awful lot of other stuff, especially about free rights that you have to get turned over. But this is how dumb the Democrats are, Ron. Well, yeah, they, they, I, I get where you're coming from. But the, no, the, when it comes to when it comes to Roe v. Really Wade, really narrow hair being split. With yeah, what he's talking about. That I think there's a room. There's room for agreement by almost everyone on that really narrow point. Right. No, and I, I understand. No one wants saying. to admit it. Yeah. But but um, they're 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 talking they're about they're stopping themselves from solving the problem they're really most concerned but okay uh yeah they're they're pussyfooting around is what they're doing they're they're not yeah. serious people uh but there's talk of the the democrats proposing legislation to put to make roe v wade into a law and i'm thinking are you are you that stupid yeah they are uh because the the Supreme Court just overturned that. So you yeah. think that you're going to pass a law that doesn't go back to the Supreme Court and they don't come up with the same conclusion? Yeah. Why are you wasting time? Why don't you do what Ron just said? And why don't you come to, you know, some sort of agreement? It's kind of like with gun control. I think that there's some middle ground to be had when it comes to, you know, background checks and you know, gun shows and all that stuff. I don't know where you can go in the United States anymore and not have to go through a background check. I, I just don't know that. 
I don't think that, that it should be, in, be so invasive that they can start calling your doctors and look at your medical records. I, I don't know. Maybe that is some more mental ground. I mean, we talk about mental health and, and, and the issues with mental illness in this country not being addressed and not being part of the conversation. Maybe I'm completely wrong on that. Uh, but I don't want willy-nilly somebody just, I, I need to see your medical records before you, yeah. you know, get to apply for some ammunition. Well, kiss my ass. You don't need well, to know anything about my medical history. Yeah, just like, become, just like I don't want to carry a freaking vaccine card. Yeah, I've become less willing to think about some of those ideas than I was before because of COVID, but mm -hmm. because of a lot of other things. And I think that uh, what I said about you getting right to the very heart of the emotion behind what is behind the Second Amendment and militias is about it as clearly as I can uh, conceptualize that subject right now is that having the uh, right and ability to be armed when someone comes at you with something that you know is not proper is your only ability to stop from being tyrannized and if you choose not to take advantage of being armed of being prepared what have you then that's one thing but if someone comes for you and uh, you want to do something about it and your ability to do so is removed by someone, a government entity, then there's a problem with that. And I have a much more problem with the ability to take away the right to bear arms than I did very long ago. So I have a feeling I'm going to move even further rightward as the term is these days. But I think that a case must be made by the state's evidence, not by evidence that I have to presume for or against myself to obtain a license. I have a license and it's called the Constitution. Yeah. You want to establish that for some reason I uh, should not have the right to uh, keep and bear armed, then you have an obligation to prove that. And until then, you can sit over there with your little opinion and have your opinion about it, and uh, hopefully someone can change your diapers while you sit there, because uh, it ought to be a long, painful thing for you to endure. And, and we have that role reversed now. And I think it's time that we all reversed that role. Every single time we can push back. Every single time. And be even more obnoxious than these people think we are. Um, if we don't, uh, the country's already gone. I, I, I don't think that we get it back this next time around either. And the longer it's out of control of people who love freedom, then the worse damage gets done. So, uh, you know, I think that we, we better get really serious about what we've got the right to do in this country because it's disappearing. But I, I have to call it because I've got to get my medical stuff handled right now. 
Well, we got about one minute left of this, and then uh, we'll make our okay. final comments and call it a day. Is not the reality of how abortion care is delivered in this country. If, you know, if we were in a courtroom, I would say that that's non-responsive. And I think I, we all know why you don't want to respond to that, because the obvious fact here is that you're taking a human life. It's a small human life. It's a human being. Let me ask you, doctor, should abortion be allowed because of the sex of the preborn child, in your medical opinion? I do not believe that there should be any restrictions on the bodily okay. autonomy. All right, so, if, if, so hold on. So if someone gets a, 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 a pregnancy test and they say it's a, it's a little girl and I want a little boy, it's okay to abort that, that child? I have never seen a pregnancy test that tells you this. Would it be okay or not? If someone I've knows they, if someone has an ultrasound, they know how to have one sex. And they she want knows what he's abort. talking about. Okay? Time of the gentleman has expired. Ms. Garcia. I'll just note that no one answered the questions. Thank you. Go back. Ms. Garcia. So there you go. They don't, they don't articulate a real position. And both of these ladies that are being questioned are somewhere between the age of 25 and 30. So the millennial, the, the, the millennial era, the millennial generation. And this is how they think. And, and they're probably a good percentage of that 37% that you, we were talking about earlier. And um, God, help, God help the future of this country. Because these are the people that are, that are getting to be in charge of everything. And so we see these these type of organizations that they have in, in this committee and, you know, testifying in, uh, uh, <coughs> for this committee. And, you know, we see Black Lives Matter and the LGBTQ movement and the Hamas supporters and, and the terrorism is okay now uh, unless, you're, unless you're America first, you know, then, then you're a domestic terrorist. But it's okay to support foreign terrorism. I don't get any of it. I, I, I don't understand any of what's happening anymore. I don't understand how we got to where we are. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Because even 10 years ago, we'd have never... This, this wouldn't even be a... Con if I tried to talk to you about these things 10 years ago, you probably would have hung up on me. Because you would have been like, you're full of shit. There's, it's, it's not possible. <laughs> I mean. Well, given a lot of things I saw in the business world, I was probably ahead of the curve on seeing a lot of that. A lot of what we see now. Um, what was shocking to me is that, they, that these people got away with so much. Uh, they were allowed to get away with so much, well, like it, with respect to business and the uh, so-called financial crisis and the uh, banking world being redone in the uh, early 2000s. You know, the, basically the last 20 years or so has destroyed banking America. It no longer exists as it once did. Um, well, I was a part of that. I was sitting right there warning about it the whole time. No one gave a crap. They all thought, oh, well, you know, these big banks, they need to be punished like whoever. Well, guess what? 
the big banks aren't the ones that cause the problem. They're still here causing problems. Yeah. Well, what you did was you just you just eliminated the good banks in the country. You did things for the reasons that you would want to do business. You just killed them off like so many dinosaurs because you went along with the political people instead of people who knew what the hell they were doing. Well, seeing, seeing what they've done to the military, yeah, right there. I mean, I've seen all of this coming for so long. I just had no idea that it had penetrated so far into the psyche of the of uh, the culture that we would go from a nation of twenty to twenty five percent essentially net lives to almost forty percent who are. They, they just have no sense of reality at all. Uh, the world's all about how they think it ought to be. Yeah. I, I just don't get that. I, I didn't see that coming nearly as much as I saw all of the other stuff. And yet, I think the underneath, underneath all the other stuff, this was at work for the whole time. And, and the corporate boardroom. Well, I saw the, I saw the, like I said, 20 some odd years ago, the downfall of this country, but it was more of, you know, it was more to do with government and, you know, big tech and, and big corporations and the military, uh, industrial complex and all that stuff. I never thought it would, that the cultural issues would have so much to do with the failure of this country. I just didn't see, I didn't see that being part of it, it as, as extreme as it is. You know, we've, well, all, we've always had issues with, you know, race and, and, you know, immigration and stuff like that. But I mean, we've gone to, we've gone to the extreme of just, you know, like this, these people that we just listened to testifying in this committee, uh, that are way beyond the norm, way beyond. And I never thought that these cultural issues would be as big a part uh, in the downfall. I just didn't. Well, that's a, in a lot of ways the same thing uh, medicine never understood about the importance of blood in their system. That we have different types of blood, but blood is circulating through our systems is basically how it communicates with itself. And if you want to take a, uh, let's say a, a real vaccine, then you give it and that circulates through your bloodstream. And eventually it makes it through your organs and, and such and uh, you get inoculated. Well, it's the same way with how things work in uh, human culture is that we have to look at ourselves as our cultural issues are the bloodstream of a society. That's how we all communicate with one another. That's how we all interrelate. And if you want to start inoculating or indoctrinating culture, 
You have to do it through cultural mechanisms. And a lot of it in the West is by forcing into the existing system something that is unacceptable by saying, well, wait a second, when you accept all these other things, what's mm -hmm. so bad about this one? Yeah. You want to be the one guy who, who protests the indigenous people's day? No, don't be that guy. Well, it's not what it's about, but that's where we started. Um, but that is the route they took, that the Marxists have always known that that's how you spread whatever disease it is you want to spread, is you spread it through the cultural systems. So, you know, I, I don't know what more to do or say at this point other than to recognize that we have a problem and those who folks who do not recognize it, um, maybe it's because of them. You know, they're paying so little attention yeah. or they're so stupid or whatever. Mm. But, uh, you know, the problem is here. People just don't know it's here. And by the time it gets to their door, they're not going to have much choice. They're either going to be able to fire back or they won't. So the, I don't know how much more there is for us to do other than that kind of thing. Those of us who, who want to survive want to band together somehow and uh, make a pact. Well, and that, that takes us full circle to mm -hmm. that, that may be why they don't want people like you and I to be able to defend ourselves. Of course not. Because that then, if there's nobody left to defend themselves or defend the Constitution or the country or, you know, what's right, there's no battle to be had. That's right. If you cannot stop the neighbor from helping his neighbor, then you, you have a problem. Mm -hmm. But if you can help someone become totally helpless to where only they can defend themselves, whether they're armed or not, then you, then you have the same fate as that guy in Utah did, where the FBI drove up, shot him full of bullets and drove off. Yeah. Armed with his canes as he was. Um, and no one to squawk about it. Well, you know, that's how they want us all. So if, if we can all step in and assist one another uh, and provide for a common defense, that is the point of a militia. That when something's coming, then we're all there to support one person. You know, if you've got something that's a, a, an egregious case against someone, then fine, let's hear it. Mm -hmm. Let's hear, let's hear what that is. Um, let's hear about what the deal was in, in, uh, in Las Vegas with that shooting. Let's hear about the deal in uh, Utah, you know. I mean, we got to be pushing back everywhere. But, I, you know, that's part of, of, of the, the people in this country that I don't understand is that, you know, they let things go so easily and, and never, you know, they never question much. 
They do at the That's time. Right. They do at the time, but you know, and and I think it's it's part of the mass formation psychosis that the the media has gotten so good at manipulating people that they know how to switch it off and and automatically get your attention onto a completely different story and you just forget about you know what happened a week ago oh yeah uh yeah but fortunately i've got a governor yeah fortunately we have uh enough people out there that 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 doesn't work on we'll leave on a, a good note um mike pence is no longer running for president we appreciate you uh <laughs> We appreciate you listening to uh, another episode of An Inquiry into Freedom. We will see you Thursday, uh, Ron, if you're up to it. And um, uh, until then, take care of yourself. I hope you get to feeling better. And if you need anything, you can call me anytime. Thanks. All right. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.